This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. My name is Corey Tulliba. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim, for another episode of the Draft Deck NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA podcast feed. And if you're watching this live or uh, after the fact on the No Ceilings NBA YouTube channel, um, Albert, how we doing today, man? We're doing feels good to be back um i've really been enjoying these been thinking about it recently just thinking about us getting busy again and uh how crazy that's gonna be but i like this man it feels like summer vacation but also kind of like we're not losing our edge type mm. of thing you know we're not falling asleep at the wheel you know, staying locked we're pre- in. We're prepared. We're doing the the summer reading for class. Yeah. You know, yeah. something I never did. Never. When I was in school for real. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it feels great. And I'm excited. We have another great trio of guys to talk about today. Absolutely. Today, we are going to cover uh, Florida's Riley Kugel, USC's Amani Hansberry, uh, or Isaiah Collier, and Illinois' Amani Hansberry. Um, so a fun trio. And I think that, you know, we decided that we were going to start it off with uh, Florida's Riley Kugel. So this is a guy that uh, very much on the radar. He's a returner. You know, the way that we, we've done this trio today is one returner, one kind of under the radar guy and one blue chip prospect. Riley is one of the returners that um, I think a lot of people in the space are really high on. I know that. Uh, we covered him last year. Paige did a really great job breaking down his game. Uh, he's somebody who came on at the end of the year, and I, I think that he's poised for a really, really big breakout season. A hundred percent, dude. Uh, I, I think what you mentioned, him being a returner, him coming into year two without Castleton, now that he's gone off to the NBA, I think it's going to actually, not that Castleton hurt his game, but I mean, if anything, I thought Castleton actually helped his game in certain aspects. But um, in terms of, you know, him seeing more of the ball, him being able to explore more of that uh, on the ball ability that he has, I think it's a great, great situation that he was in, in terms of playing next to Castleton last year, going through that experience, playing without the ball in his hands as much, going into year two, more ball in his hands, uh, while also, you know, having that in his arsenal, like all the stuff that he did last season, you know, with his off-ball cutting and, you know, spacing and all that stuff. So, um, as you mentioned, a returner, but a guy that might actually make a huge jump in year two. I'm going to say something crazy, and I'm not saying that I'm predicting that it happens. Sure. But but I think that, 
this class at the top is so wide open mm-hmm. that I think if Kugel comes back and cleans up a few things, gets the ball in his hands um, as the lead guard, which I think is going to happen, mm-hmm. and just makes you know big strides, bumps up his average to around 20 points per game-ish, yeah. I think he could be the number one pick. <laughs> okay. I actually, I thought you were going to say something else, but okay. I can <laughs> no, see I, that. I, I'm not predicting that he's going to be. Yeah, I would yeah. probably bet against that. Mm-hmm. I just think that right now, I it's so wide open, man. Yeah, It's so wide open. Uh, it's not as if he's coming back as like a senior. You know what I mean? Like he is coming back as a returning sophomore. He's still going to be fairly young. He's got the requisite like size and athleticism. He's got an interesting case that you could make. Again, I'm not predicting it. I just think that he's as much of a, a wild card uh, shot at it at the top three at the first overall pick as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel it's the preseason. It's time to get a little wonky, a little crazy. And, you know, we know the draft is unpredictable. So screw it. I'm just going to say it out loud. But Corey, can I say, I, I don't think what you're saying is that crazy just because when we have a year where you don't have a bona fide number one, number two, number three, it, it kind of is the returning guys that you start looking for, right? You start looking for the guys who uh, spent a year or two in college. They come back for their sophomore, junior season, uh, physical development, you know, development in their game. Those are the types of guys that end up, you know, being really good and uh, end up kind of pushing their names higher. I thought you were going to say that you thought Kugel could have like a uh, Jordan Hawkins type of leap in year mm. was where I thought you were going, but it's similar, similar, you know, where Jordan Hawkins in year one was, you know, he didn't get a lot of playing time, uh, struggled with injury, uh, was really raw, came back in year two and kind of lit college basketball on fire, ended up going pretty high to the Pelicans. So I could see that same trajectory for Kugel as well, where, you know, he spent year one, uh, wasn't on the ball as much, you know, had an upperclassman that kind of dictated the terms on offense. And now in year two, he's going to have more usage. He's going to see more of the ball. And uh, hopefully, you know, over the summer, continue to work on his game, clean, as you mentioned, right, clean some stuff up. And then maybe his stock, shoots way up because even last year's class Corey, that we, you know, we, a lot of us had him on our boards and he could have been drafted last year as well. So. Yeah. That that's kind of why I think he's a little bit closer to like, like I almost feel like he's starting out in that Hawkins range. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and just based off the strength of this class yeah. uh, or the lack of strength in this class. But I, I could really see and uh dirty dancer in the comments says I could see him jumping up the boards like Oladipo. I think that's a really good name to throw out there yeah. um, as a guy who, who you know, made that jump. So let's get into a little bit of his film here and, and show off what is the appeal there. And the first thing to say at 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, my dude is a crazy athlete. Like real legitimate bounce, like in transition. Um, shout out our guy Colin Castleton leading the break as a center. Cockback just throw it down man and you know we see a lot of that in transition he did a really good job uh cutting as well um but he's a a freak athlete it he had he almost had one of the most insane dunks of the college season that he ended up missing that i don't think i have in the clips but just a really really impressive uh athletic two guard 
No, Corey, you're right. He's a really, really good athlete. Uh, good size. He looks like a solid six five, maybe six five and a half, six six even. Um, but the, the the thing with him that stuck out to me athletically was uh, the hang time. You have guys that can jump really high, but to hang in the air is a different thing, Corey. Like it's weird, hard to even. I, I don't know the science behind it, but Kugel's one of these guys that really has a lot of hang time uh, when attacking the rim. Um, I, you mentioned the cutting, dude. That's the one that really stuck out to me. Really good cutter off the ball. Um, I'd like to see more of that in year two. Not to say that it, it, what I mean by that is like, I like that he did it last year. And I hope that even with the ball in his hands, he'll find opportunities to continue to leverage that strength that he has. Obviously, Castleton did a great job of setting him up and finding him for a lot of those opportunities. Um, and, and another thing that I want to throw in, I, I, I think he's a really physical player. Um, I like that he embraced a lot of physicality when he went to the rim. I'd like to see more of it. Mm. Um, and um, not that I'm saying like he's the most physical player because, you know, I, I'd like to see the free throw stuff get better. But in year two, you know, if he continues to incorporate that aspect and he continues to leverage that athleticism into opportunities at the rim. Corey, when we talk about at the rim opportunities, we're not always talking about layups and dunks and floaters, but uh, fouls, you know collect those fouls, go to the free throw line. Corey, you talked about him getting the 20 points per game. You're at the free throw line a ton. You're it's going to help a lot. And so uh, hopefully him getting there more and shooting at a better percentage than he, I think he's like was 64, 65% from the line. Um, That number going up as well will help a lot. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like his shooting numbers, which we'll touch on a little bit, really good. Um, But the free throw percentage at 66% leaves a lot to be desired. He's leaving, you know, free money on the table. I want to see that up at 77, 78, 80, 81, 82. Um, so I, and I think it's, it's plausible. I think with, you know, uh, him possibly getting there a little bit more often, um, it'll be something that maybe is a little bit more easily achievable, but yeah, I, I, really like the ways in which he does attack. I mean, one of the things that he does a lot, you see it here uh, when he comes off these handoffs, he loves to reject it and he's got such a quick, violent first step. And he's really good with like using his body and shoulders to uh, fool the defender that when he, you know, springs off that handoff and rejects it, he's at the rim. You see him on this possession, come off left sideline and he's able to use uh, a little like uh, jump stop, yeah. put his shoulder in and finish through contact there. That's the kind of stuff that I think is really impressive with him at the rim. Now, um, as far as the numbers go, uh, his half court finishing was 48.7% at the rim. And I think that, there's a couple of things there when we talk about like why he wasn't finishing as well as you would think one, you know, he, he came on late. Uh, so I think that, you know, maybe sample and role played a part, but he's also at times he's a little frenetic. Yes. You know, like he, I don't want to say he's at like double speed on a podcast, but you know, maybe at like 1.25, right? Like he's a little out of control here and he's just, he gets to the middle of the paint. He doesn't really have a plan. He's athletic and uh, enough to get into the teeth of the defense here, but he doesn't really realize who's waiting at the rim. You know, he's, he's just no plan, low shot clock. So he's got to get it up, but just gets swatted. So, th- you know, I think that's one of the things. And then also sometimes there's some touch stuff, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, 
I, I think it's fixable. So, Corey, I, I think the first thing that you said, right, the frenetic energy that he kind of plays with, it, it's funny, you you highlighted it here on a drive, but you can even see it sometimes, like, when he's just standing in the corner. Like, mm. most guys, when they're standing in the corner, <laughs> they're a little tired, trying to catch a breath, you know? They're like, oh, I got a little break here. You see him standing in the corner, and he's, like, hopping around. He's, like, <laughs> shaking his hands. Like, he wants to, like, do something. Um, he, he didn't take his Ritalin. <laughs> he, exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's fucking hilarious. I was just thinking in my head, like, ADD, ADHD, like, you know? But, like, he's one of these high-energy guys that, like, really kind of has to learn to kind of, you know, focus and... uh you know, control that energy a little bit, but um, I'm with you, dude. And, and and the touch stuff is a big thing that I wrote down. Like, I think his touch could use a little bit of work. Um, and, and not to say that I think he has bad touch, but no. I think it's a combination of things, Corey. Like what, what you brought up in terms of sometimes him driving without a plan, frenetic energy, um, that point five, that you know, one point five, two times speed. If you kind of put all that together with him not having elite touch sometimes it's gonna get a little bit messy so if he can learn to slow things down a little bit be a little bit more strategic with how he uses his athleticism maybe having a little bit more of a plan when attacking the rim that could see his touch improve just from the timing and speed aspect of what he's doing i yeah i agree uh a hundred percent i think it's well within um you know his capabilities to do it and then you know, he, he also has these moments where he just is really impressive uh, attacking the hoop. Uh, we see it here against Arkansas. And, I mean, look at that cross. First mm -hmm. step against Jordan Walsh, Jordan and, Walsh and beats him to the rim. I mean, Jordan Walsh got drafted on the back of the fact that he's this, you know, potential lockdown defender. Um, so he has the capability to kind of – and I really like the pace on this possession. Like, mm -hmm. little hezzy. Mm -hmm. Really really in control here uh and if we could and that's why i think we could see that with more consistency next season as he does get more comfortable as he has been improving and getting invited to you know all these different camps um working on his game improving uh that aspect of his of his finishing um i really think he could take that step now you know one of the things i'm not really going to highlight because you know we're trying to hit all of these guys yeah. i do think that the other you know, major uh, improvement area of his game, um, sub 10% assist yeah. percentage with a negative assist to turnover ratio, right? And if he's going to be able to get into the teeth of the defense and do stuff like this, consistently, he's going to have to leverage that scoring to improve his playmaking, especially if we're talking about somebody that not only is taking that leap into the lottery conversation, but potentially even higher, aspiring higher than that. Um, so the, the those are kind of the two major areas that I, I think he really needs to kind of just flesh out um, this season. No, Corey, I'm with you. Even this clip that you're playing right now on repeat, like I love the, we just talked about pace, right? Like mm -hmm. you got to love, like he, he goes between the legs. The setup into that crossover is awesome right he yeah. changes the tempo a little bit gets jordan walsh kind of like right off this tween jordan walsh is like okay i have a half second and the kugel goes psych crossover <laughs> yeah. right into the lane blows right by him like that's the type of timing pace stuff that we're talking about if he can continue to do this and develop in that he's gonna be filthy because of the athlete that we're talking about and Corey, you said it you know he had more turnovers than he had assists last season and that's yeah. something that he's got to work on but 
with him having more of the ball in his hands, it, it might have even been a thing, Corey, where he was a freshman last season playing on a team with some upperclassmen. When he had the ball in his hands, he might have felt like, damn, I got to do something with mm. the ball right here. Like, I'm not getting the ball, the rock in my hands all the time. I got to go get a bucket. I got to go make something happen for myself or else I might be, you know, sitting in the corner for the next three, four possessions. So that might be part of it, part of that, you know, why his numbers were what they were last season, kind of that freshman or whatever you want to call it yeah but, um i think in year two with a bigger role bigger opportunity i think he's going to have a little bit more confidence in you know who he is as a player for that florida team and could lead to you know better results yeah and and that was kind of his role too like you know being right. off ball and um you know adjusting to then taking on this year more of that on ball role I, I think that will kind of help him feel more comfortable in his spot in and not be like all right I'm just a scorer I can expand and, and do some more things now one of the th reasons though that you know I, I do like him as a prospect beyond just his uh ability to play with the ball in his hands and, and why I think he can be valuable at the next level is because he is a guy that showed that he's a capable off-ball player as well mm -hmm. um it, he was 40 percent on like every jumper imaginable per synergy whether that was guarded unguarded and spot ups or dribble jumpers he's a very consistent shooter with i think a lot of room to improve yeah because i think that sometimes we talk about the how frenetic he looks i think his footwork at times is even frenetic um this is pretty solid here because he's a guy who likes to hop into his shots mm -hmm. so this is pretty poised and you know splash a little bit unguarded but at times he's even sped up. So I think there's even room to improve on his strong shooting numbers, but just the fact that he is a guy that is going to be able to play off of other people because uh, he can um, knock down shots uh, off the ball I, is something that I think is really, really, uh, you know, something he can build off of moving forward. No, I agree, Corey. I, if you look at the numbers, like you mentioned, the signature breakdown, just on catch-and-shoot jumpers last season, 39.6%. That's a good number, right? They classified it as very good. Unguarded, 40%. Unguarded, 39.3%. That's pretty good stuff, you know? Yeah. And then even off the dribble, he was 39.4%. So I, the thing is, if he was doing that, in a smaller role with less opportunity, people might be like, oh, you know, whatever. But it, it, you watch the eye test where you can't watch an eye test, but from your eye test, right. when you watch him play, you can see it, dude. And, you know, I also want to give credit to guys like Castle Castle. Wow. Colin <laughs> Castleton. Did I just call him Castle Castleton? Um, <laughs> guys like Colin Castleton and Kwasi Reeves and all these other guys that, you know, got the ball to him in good situations and he made the most of it. So I, once again, Corey, I think his development path from year one to year two, the types of looks that he got last year, the role that he played that now kind of, you know, stretched out into a bigger role, I think makes him one of the most enticing players to watch in college basketball this season. Yeah. Uh, He's going to be, you know, must scout TV. And, you know, part of that is the fact that he could do some stuff with the ball in his hands too, right? And when when he's got that part of his game going, you go, oh, wow. Like some special stuff, you know, we'll see here. comes off the screen between the legs, step back from the SEC logo, high arcing shot, like splash. Um, that's a tough, real deal nba level shot making uh display right there so i mean and, and you see he's like got this 
I think that frenetic pace almost is hard to guard at times because, you know, he, it seems like he doesn't know what to do. How, how do you guard that uh, as a defender sometimes? And he's got, you know, he's a tough shot maker. And when you're shooting off the dribble at 40% and you're taking some of these shots, I mean, that is a really impressive number because, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult shot. We'll see uh, another one here as he comes off the uh, the handoff, little combo, violent mm. behind the back there, knocks down that high arcing shot again. I, I mean, you know, some special stuff there. No, Corey, I, I think the in the first clip that you showed, the thing that I really liked, uh, liked about him, not just from that clip, but overall, is that Kugel, as I mentioned before, does play with like a physicality. And he has he is a stronger built guy where even if, you know, in that first clip, he's coming off the first that, that first screen and it wasn't the cleanest. Right. He kind of got bumped a little bit, kind of got bumped by his own man, too. Yeah. But doesn't lose the ball, doesn't lose uh, control, doesn't lose, ba- doesn't lose balance is able to recover and hits a really tough shot. And this one as well, as you mentioned, right, the behind the back is violent, but that's also him being, like, really strong too. And, like, just a little bump from him can go a long way. And to see how he continues to develop, I I thought, personally, Corey, I thought at times his handle could be a little bit loose, Mm. um, but still good. Like, I still think it's a very good handle, but... I think there's room for him to tighten that up a little bit. And as he continues to tighten that up with the strength that he has and the athletic ability that he has, you said it, man. He's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Absolutely. And he's dangerous at three levels, right? He doesn't just have that that three-point stuff. He has uh, an in-between game, too, which, you know, is uh, for a freshman, there's some pretty advanced stuff. I, I really like the pace here. Yeah. You know, on this, this is a, this is a tough shot going to his right, which is a tough, you know, more of a, the sidestep uh, going to your right is, is really tough. Um, gets into his body. That's Devin Booker right there. Yeah. You know, again, even, you know, we see him come off the handoff and he he rejects it, gets into the body, gets to his spot. Tough shot over a defender. So I, he's got, he's got some skill in that mid-range area, too, that really, really, really impressive. Um now that's not to say that he was perfect. Uh, you know, we go back to some of the frenetic energy that he has sometimes, and it, it could look uh, a little bit wonky. Um, and this is where you go. All right, he's. This is why he stayed in the draft. Uh, he didn't declare and, and went back to school because it's like mm, twenty yeah. seconds on the shot clock, uh, a f- kind of off balance fall away mid-range shot where he's falling to the ground yeah like that's the kind of thing where your coach goes all right why don't you come take a seat for a second let's talk (laughs) it out (laughs) you know like there's so many other way things that you decisions you can make here besides taking this shot move off the ball go get it back right this is just a force it's not like a it's at the beginning of the game so it's it's just not a shot that you need to be taking right now it's not a heat check you know like um so he he does have those moments where you go, all right, the, the shooting, the shot making is real, but it's also not perfect. Yeah. No, Corey, I, I see it, dude. It's it's one of those things like I, I have a guy on my team. He's like 21, 22, young guy. Sometimes in the morning, he'll have a bang energy drink, comes in the office <laughs> first first hour, starts like shooting some wild jokes, sometimes inappropriate. And we're like, hey, bud, maybe. um. <laughs> 
go to the bathroom, relax in there for a little <laughs> bit and come back, you know, and that's Kugel right here, right? Early in the game, you know, maybe he had himself a Celsius and he's like feeling himself <laughs> a little bit and gets too excited and takes this freaking nasty ass shot. Um, but Corey, you said it, right? That's why he went back to college. He didn't yeah. want to take another year to develop and now he's going to go vegan. He's going to just drink water only, no more Celsius, <laughs> sleep nine hours every night and come back, you know, a different, different type of player. And so it's it's exciting but this is the type of stuff that we're going to be looking for right we're going to be seeing okay uh kugel your shot selection at times a little wild let's see what this looks like in year two um mm -hmm. th your coach is going to trust you give you the ball more um the offense might be run through you how are you going to take that responsibility what are the type of decisions you're going to be making are you going to have your teammates in mind all that stuff's going to be really important so if he continues to grow in that then for sure we're, we're going to see something really uh exciting there that's a tough shot right there damn yeah this will be the last clip that that we watch with with kugel um and you know just to finish on a positive note in, in this little mid-range area uh tough combo getting pushed towards the sideline mm. Got Liam Robbins, who's a big time, you know, shot blocker, a big dude there, finishing over length, pulls up, you know, doesn't finish out of control at the rim, right? He he knows that he's got to kind of get to uh, a little pull up, good pace, gets into the body, plays with that physicality, and uh, just a, a really nice to display of touch there from him. So overall, man, I it's it's hard to not enjoy. Yeah. Kugel, right? Like he is just a a really fun guy to monitor this year. I, I think that he's a guy that uh, we're going to be high on entering the year uh, as a collective. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I have him number one. I'm just like I said mentioned earlier. I'm saying that uh, I think there's a world in which he has this this crazy year where he takes a, a major major leap. And uh, if he does that, then I think that it'll you know be something where he is in the conversation when it does come draft time. So uh, I want to uh, hit this second segment for us. Mm -hmm. And I want to go for our under the radar guy of the week. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's going to be Amani Hansberry. Now, uh, Amani Hansberry is not a guy who has really been on draft boards is really you're going to see a lot in draft conversations he's heading to illinois uh he was the maryland gatorade player of the year he uh played on team durant uh with trent flower yeah, with with kwame evans uh trent flowers who has just been in the news um headed to the nbl and straight up i think he was the best player on that team and I know we were texting a little bit back and forth. One of the things that uh, as you watch him, um, you know, if, if you go back and, and you try to find some of that, that high school film, one of the things that you'll notice is there's uh, his body leaves a little bit to be desired. He's a little flabby, a little yeah. pudgy. But we were texting back and forth earlier today. My dude's been at work on the grind in the summer and you can go to his Instagram and you could see the body transformation that he's, you know, worked on over the summer where now he's like shredded. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and, and I think that when you watch some of his film and you, and you look at some of the limitations that he had on the film, a lot of it is just straight up because he was carrying a little bit of extra weight. 
you know, that split second, maybe he's a little bit late on a contest. Uh, you know, maybe the, the fact that he's a little too upright at the end of a game because he maybe is a little bit more gassed than he, you would like him to be. Um, and I think that that body transformation is really going to help him. Now, look, he's going to have Coleman Hawkins in the front court there, but I think this kid is just, his feel is so high. And I think that he's somebody that is going to be hard to keep him off the floor. Yeah. Uh, and and also, you know, Coleman Hawkins is there, but there's not a lot of size on this Illinois team, on this mm-hmm. roster as, as constructed right now. And uh, I, I think even if he isn't starting this year, which I could foresee him doing, whether it's beginning of the year or by, you know, the middle of the year, I just think that, it's a great spot for him as he kind of does a lot of similar things to Hawkins. So you can already kind of, you know, see how he's going to be used. And I think he's going to get minutes regardless because of how the roster is constructed. So I look, he's a, I don't, he was either like the 50th guy on the ESPN top 100, or he was like 65, whatever it is, very underrated, but there's just a lot to like, especially when you consider how, you know, forwards play in the modern NBA today. Dude, I, I think, he was a really interesting scout. Um, I read an article on him actually uh, about, you know, how when he first joined uh, Team Durant, that UIBL situation, I think he joined that 1200 team early on. And uh, he didn't have like a rock solid college offer until like his sophomore, junior year. And, um, you know, going back and watching his tape, Corey, like the body transformation actually for me like you could even see it back in 2022 when he was playing for the durant team he was still a little bit pudgy had you know like you mentioned was carrying a little bit extra weight and then you see him this year Mm -hmm. 2023 uibl stuff he looks much slimmer like it's actually kind of jarring to see how his body has changed and then you sent that photo of what he posted on instagram he's even more shredded now so like in a lot of ways i feel like what we've seen so far and what we're going to see during his freshman year in Illinois, I think is going to be really different in a lot of ways, just because his body has changed so much. Like I don't even know how to quantify what that's going to look like and the type of effect it's going to have on his game. Um, I think the first thing that stuck out to me, Corey, seeing him in the UIBL stuff, he played with KJ Evans for a couple of years. It made me realize like KJ Evans is actually gigantic because (laughs) I see Hansberry as like a six, seven, six, eight guy. And Evans looks like a foot taller than him. I'm like, dear God, (laughs) like KJ is going to be huge. Um, But Hansberry, obviously like with him, the first thing that I noticed with him that I loved was I I think he's got like ladders for arms. His arms look crazy long, dude. His length feels amazing but um yeah before we get into the nitty-gritty i just wanted to say i just kind of wanted to go along with what you said Corey, like a guy that was super underrated college offers came really really late um but a guy who developed a ton you know playing uibl as well and uh got some more exposure there hit a game winner last year that kind of really put him on the map played well in a couple games and um i think he's going to be a guy that more people are going to come to know his name pretty soon yeah Absolutely. And I think if we're breaking down his game, kind of the first aspect um, in where to start is I feel like he's really comfortable uh, in like the mid range area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he, and what I like about it is he doesn't like he, he operates from the elbows and, and he's got good playmaking feel, which we'll touch on later, but it opens up a lot. And I think it's something that's going to be able to extend because I think he's got good touch as a shooter uh he's not there yet but just 
his touch is really uh, soft. So in this opening clip that we're going to break down, you know, he literally just gets the ball at the left elbow, jab step, knocks down a little jumper. And what that is going to do is, you know, now you kind of have to play up on him, right? You have to respect it and you have to start guarding him a little bit different. So one more time, catch, turn, easy, efficient offense. So now he's going to come down, right? And if he gets the ball in a similar spot, um, you have to respect that he could hit the shot. So now he's going to take it off the bounce and look at that footwork. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That spin getting all the way to the rim um, and finishing with the left. Now he's he's not bouncy, doesn't get a lot of uh, you know air <laughs> and hang time on this. Could, could change now though. It could change. I think that's, I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's going to be a super athlete just because yeah. he got in better shape, but I think it's, it, you know, he'll be quicker and a, a little bit inches, maybe, maybe, or and even if he's just a little bit quicker off the ground in yeah. some situations, but that skill, that footwork, that touch really impressive there. And then, you know, you look at that spin and then he even has another counter off of that same uh, play type. So he finishes with the spin. Now let's go to the next clip um similar situation similar spot okay i'm gonna try to let's see oh i got bumped off my spot so let me hit that little turnaround now and because uh, you know especially you know here where he did have a little bit on him you know he can get physical i like the physicality and now that's going to be strength he's going to be able to move guys a little bit easier when he bumps you know puts that shoulder down into him um but the counters off of that is what i really like because he already kind of feels comfortable in an area Corey, I, I wrote in my notes, my favorite thing about him is his footwork in the paint. Yeah. This is the worst, worst example, and you're going to freaking laugh at me, but like in some senses, it reminded me of like Mo Taylor back in the day. Like <laughs> when the Knicks traded for Mo Taylor on the Rockets, the only strength that they had with him was that he had like, it was a fun post score and a great feed. And I was just like, Hansberry with him, dude, like for his size, He's not the biggest guy. Like we, we I want to throw that out there. Some, I saw him listed as six six on certain websites, six seven at certain websites. So he's not a gigantic guy. But you look at his physicality, right? The long arms, the footwork that he has. He's gonna do some damage. And what I wrote here in my notes is, for his size, I really like his ball skills, dude. Like he can handle the rock. He's not Jarris Walker, but. I mean, at the same time, not everyone's <laughs> going to be Jarris Walker. But look at that move, dude. It reminds me a little of Jarris. Yeah. Well, I have a different name that I want to throw. I'm going to wait a little bit to throw. Yeah, I'll say it now. I wrote sure. here. He, he reminds me of Jabari Walker a little bit was what okay. I wrote. Um, okay. Not, not one for one. But yeah, I, I thought of, of Jabari because, you know, a little playmaking, you know, that mm-hmm. we'll get into. You got a little bit of that. A uh, good footwork and hit the mid range. But um, yeah, I, I just think like he's a guy who in my opinion, played within himself, like knew his strengths, uh, knew how to leverage, you know, footwork, head fakes, hesitations, you know, uh, jab steps, all that stuff to make up for the lack of explosion that you're talking about. And, and the, but then again, once again, Corey, now that his body's better, right? Maybe he is a little bit quicker. Maybe he gets a little bit higher. That makes him that much more exciting. So I'm with you, man. Really fun guy. But the footwork was what really stuck out to me. Yeah. And you see it on full display here. A little step back, pump fake, step through, and then the touch finish. Uh, this is a, a super advanced shot. And he's probably 17. Maybe he's 18 here, right? Like this is a U17 game. Like 
really impressive stuff. Now, I think the the question going forward regarding the shooting, because we saw him operate there so well uh, in the mid range in a, a whole number of aspects, a whole bunch of counters is like, what does he look like when he extends that range out? Right. And if he could do that, I think this is how he really gets on radar. So uh, radars, let's see, he's going to a little, little pick and pop. Uh, mm. I believe that's Liam McNeely. Dang. Helps too much. And he knocks it down. He's got that high arc, right? Like the, the form isn't like picturesque, but it's also, it's not like yeah. bad by any means, right? Like shoots it high release. Um, you know, I think I would like maybe the, like even the footwork, like good balance. Like I don't, it's a, it's a pretty clean shot. Again, it's not clay. It's not Ray Allen, whatever, but like it's, it's something to work with. Right. No, I, I'm with you, Corey, but I, I will say what I wrote in my notes here. Um, I thought the shot looked a lot better when he was open than when he was guarded, which is okay. Like that's yeah. just where he's at uh, in his development right now. That's just something he's going to have to work, work on, continue to get more comfortable shooting from the outside with a hand in his face. But what I agree with you on Corey, hundred percent is I think there's a good foundation there. There's something to work with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a clip of him throwing the air ball. But I, I'm with you, Corey. It's something he's got to work on. Um, I, I thought he, like, I don't know how to describe this, but I, I thought sometimes, like, when he was shooting from outside, he'd get a little narrow at the top. Like, it felt like he was squeezing out every bit of, you know, power that he had to shoot from outside, which just kind of shows that he's not super comfortable shooting from out there. But that's something he's going to work on, that he's going to get better. He's going to get more reps shooting from outside. If he's going to play with a Coleman Hawkins, I think him continuing to work on, you know, shooting from the outside is good. But also, Corey, even if he doesn't have, you know, like a lights out outside jumper to start with, I thought he was a smart mover without the ball. Um, mm-hmm. I thought some of his reads, um, you know, making those cuts, just moving into the right spots on the floor, I thought was really good, which kind of speaks to his intellect, dude. I think he's a high IQ player that, uh, you know, Corey, sometimes you think the game fast, you don't need to be super fast or you could still play fast as uh, uh, C- uh, Professor Taliba always likes to say. Um, and I think Hansberry is one of those guys. Yeah. When you think the game fast, you could play the game slow. Yeah. And I definitely think he is like, you know, we've just shown him shoot a, a guarded air ball, you know, from the right wing, like 14 times. So like you said, he's definitely got that to work with. Um, but then one of his other major skills as a scorer is he has a really good offensive rebound. Like he just has a nose for the ball to, to take advantage of these garbage time opportunity or not garbage time, but like cleaning up the garbage around the rim. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even here, like, uh, you know, he's going to get scoop the rebound up off the glass. He's going to slam it home with authority, but like maybe <laughs> yeah. an inch or two more. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> that's the difference between him and Jarris. Yes. Is Jarris would eat that thing alive and bury it through the rim. Uh, it's a little bit different, but he just has a really good knack for timing and then the fight. And that kind of feel and like the touch to like right here, like he's tapping the ball to himself. He just wins. And then left hand kind of turn around. These are winning plays, man. I wrote in my notes too, Corey. Good activity on the boards is what I wrote. And I I love it, dude. Like it's it's a heart thing. It's a desire thing. As I was doing the Hansberry uh, scout this week, it reminded me of how you felt about Fierro last week. I think Hansberry is one of these guys. He's going to play really hard. He's his coach is going to fall in love with him 
because in every practice, he's going to be slamming the floor. He's going to be playing really hard, going after every loose ball. He's just a dog. He's an absolute dog. And I I think it's – those are the types of guys that end up finding the floor. If you play hard, if you're living on the floor a ton, you're going to be on the floor. Coaches love that shit, especially college coaches. They love those guys. And with Hansberry, it's not just an effort thing, right? He's got skill to him for his size. He could do things with the ball in his hands. It's when you have that type of activity, it's hard to not fall in love. Big time. And this is what I think is going to make the draft community at large fall in love with him. He can yes. really pass that rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some some really good vision here, man. Uh, this time, high school season against Montverde, just a laser. The timing, he's at the top of the key. Um, and this is you know where you see a lot of these modern bigs operate and just beautiful dime to the cutter. Uh, it, that vision is it's sick stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Corey, that's why I brought up a name like Jabari Walker and you're mentioning Jarris Walker, these guys that, you know, and the reason why I brought up Jabari is because like Jabari is also kind of undersized too. Um, And Mm -hmm. so if Hansberry could be like that, right, kind of undersized, but makes up for it with IQ, with length, with passing feel, with shooting eventually, like, oh, look at that dime, dude. And and the thing about passing, Corey, that sometimes I think gets underappreciated, which we've talked about before as well, is accuracy, dude. I know know Maxwell has talked about that a lot as well like because there are guys that can make the reads but if you can't get the ball where it actually needs to be that's kind of where you get the difference between like good playmaker and elite and Hansberry has like look at that the accuracy of that's awesome the timing the vision the anticipation all that stuff dude he's on the right side of the floor keeps his head up the whole time just absolute perfect inch perfect bounce pass to his man and I think with Hansberry he's one of these guys man I think the accuracy with his passing is really really great and so if he's going to be like a connective four type of guy you can run pick and roll pick and pop also you know as you mentioned get the ball to him off of you know a little short roll and he can make some decisions <laughs> draft community loves a weak side hit um, <laughs> but if Hansberry's gonna have that dude we're talking about a really fun versatile guy and you know i don't think he's jairus on defense um you know as good as jairus was on defense but if Jarris can go that high in last year's draft, Hansberry can go pretty high as well, I think. Yeah. No, he like he doesn't have the athletic pop that Jarris had. Like, you know, when we get into his defense, um, which we'll, you know, cover fairly quickly, uh, you could tell that he's got good instincts and he's yeah. long and he knows where to be and all that. But like Jarris had athletic tools and uh, you know, as we had a anonymous prospect last year uh, tell us he was just intimidating to look at, (laughs) you know, in a way that (laughs) um, in a way that uh, Amani differs from him in that regard, because he just isn't that physical presence. Although, you know, maybe he keeps putting time in the gym. Maybe I don't want to put a ceiling on him in that regard, but yeah, the, the playmaking feel, the vision. And I think that, you know, in the NBA, you'll see him used a little bit more often in those short roll, situations um so really exciting uh offensively as like a a role-playing connector who you know can really just fill it up and do a little bit of everything here switching over to the defense um end of the game right his team up one he's gonna switch onto omaha blue which we're big fans of stays with him great just great 
big time, yeah. big time defensive possession there uh, in a big time moment with less than a minute on the clock. Uh, and, and you see, you know, that mobility, that IQ, the, uh, the willingness to embrace physicality and then just not foul in a really tense moment. Um, and understanding the refs might swallow the whistle a little bit too. So you could be a little bit physical. So just really, really good stuff there. No, I'm with you, Corey. Also, an uh, interesting thing with him that I noticed uh, when he goes out to contest threes, I, I think it was like a it might have been like a body thing, but he was like late sometimes. But mm-hmm. there are times he'd get out there with two hands like together and like like le- like just like lunge out trying to block like this, which I thought was really interesting and kind of weird at times. Um, but man, the, the, the thing with him defensively, though, is he doesn't have the fastest feet, but they're active. Um, I also think he uses his length really well to contest shots um, and he's going to make guys it's it's going to be difficult to shoot over him because of his length um, and, and activity. I like that he gets in his stance a lot. Um, he, he wasn't always doing like kind of the bend over half ass type of thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the heart is there. The desire is there. And now if his body is going to catch up to some of that a little bit, um, he's going to be a really intriguing prospect. 100%. Let's finish up one last clip from Monty Hansberry. Um, and this is kind of like just a great clip in general. Switches off, right? Sends two to the guard, recovers back down to the key, uses his length, gets up, blocks the shot. So, you know, able to do a lot of things that you're looking for in a modern big there on defense. And again, I, it's going to be even better uh, as he gets more polished. Mm-hmm. Um, as he as he ages, and then him being in in overall better shape there. So I I'm really really uh, intrigued and excited by the prospects of what he could be because I, I I really think that he's the kind of guy that can he could be that uh, Bryce Sensabaugh potentially that Taylor Hendricks that guy who was you know on the outside looking in on these boards coming into the year. And then all of a sudden we look up and it's December, January. And we're like, we got to start paying attention to this kid. You know, let's keep an eye on him. Let's be, you know, skeptical. And then all of a sudden he just keeps being awesome. And by the time June rolls around, he's somebody that is just really popular in the community. Yeah. And Corey, one last thing before I know we're going to transition, but with Hansberry, the thing that I noticed on defense is that he communicates a lot. Yeah. which is an underrated thing. He's pointing, he's talking, he's calling out different things. Like that's the type of stuff that once again, coaches love. And on the defensive side of the ball, you have a talker like that, that helps everybody. So I'm with you, man. Big, Excited. Big about time, it. big time. And, and that's a, you know, that shows a maturity uh, when you got guys who, you know, love to talk like that. So, all right, let's finish it off. Um, now with somebody who is going to be in the running for the number one pick you know, top five, you know, potentially coming into the year, somebody that we got to watch in person, work out, um, and practice for a few days. And then, uh, we got to see him in scrimmage and gameplay as well at the Nike hoop summit. And, and that's, uh, USC's Isaiah Collier. So, uh, you know, the, the book on Collier is super bursty, um, strong, physical, downhill guard with some real playmaking chops uh what were your impressions with collier seeing him in person at the hoop summit you're muted albert 
I'm so sorry. That's um, all right. This is the first time I think you've ever done that. <laughs> Usually it's me. <laughs> um, no one can be perfect. Um, with Collier, seeing him in person, dude, I think the first thing that stuck out to me was what you mentioned, right? The burst. Um, just in layup lines, like when he gets going towards the rim, it feels different from some of the other guys. Him and Bronny at times were kind of mesmerizing to watch, just even in layup lines. Bronny, uh, thoughts and prayers to you guy man hopefully <laughs> yes, you're man. getting better but when you know Bronny was healthy even seeing him going down the lane was awesome but um with collier i think um physical super physical like he's got i mean he's he's got a pretty tough physique to start with um gets downhill hill in a hurry um i thought he had a little bit of Kugel where um, I thought he could benefit from slowing thing that, things down a little bit, uh, attacking the rim. I think that's something that he's going to learn and work on in college as well. Uh, Kugel was a freshman in college last year, still needed to work. Uh, Collier may still continue to need to develop that, you know, where he goes a little bit too fast. But um, the shot is where I think I have a bit of a question with him that I know we'll get into. And I'd love to hear you talk about it, Corey. Um, but yeah, and you know, like, some of the mid-range stuff. I think you need some refinement and tuning, outside jump shot. Uh, we'll see. But um, overall, a guy that uh, I thought had really good passing feel as well. And um, yeah, I'll stop there for now. Now, if you go to USC's website, okay. Isaiah Collier is listed at 6'5", 2'10". No. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> now, <laughs> how tall are you? <laughs> I'm. I'm it, with shoes on. I'm like six three. But yeah, um, yeah. Without I'm six two. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll give you six three in shoes. Wait, Corey. Can I say something? Every time I meet people in real life um, that have like listened to the pot or whatever, the first thing they say is, "God damn, you're tall." Like. <laughs> I guess I look small on camera. Like I actually met a guy recently. Uh, we play. Uh, I actually coached him in this tournament they were in, and the first thing he he sees me, he's like, "Damn, you're tall, bro." <laughs> Sneaky tall. I get that a lot, man. I guess Sneaky tall. Yeah. Um. Now we went. Uh. You know, we met all these guys, uh, as well at at the uh, at the hoop summit. Were you taller than Collier? Do you remember? I don't want to out him, but we're like, so I was taller than Bronny. Uh, but Collier, I think we we're like right about the same height. Yeah, that yeah. that checks out a little bit more to me. Like uh, maybe if he was rocking those shoes that you and Rucker both had, the Nikes that you and Rucker both had with the yeah. thick yeah. heel, like almost like maybe he could get to 6'4". Yeah. 6'5 is crazy. Um, it's a goddamn lie. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said that six three that six four it's stocky and he's strong yeah yeah which is both a good thing and could also be like potentially like a is he just like more physically imposing than high school kids oh. type of thing too like there's a, it could be a double-edged uh sword type it's of thing award. yeah but i but i think he's so bursty and 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 like quick and shifty that he'll be fine uh but yeah it's the the height thing it felt like felt like right about where you were at <laughs> but i just wanted to double check that because when i saw it i was like ah, I, I don't know 
But also, Corey, some of these guys are hard to read. Like, I remember when we first saw Aiden Holloway, we're like, ah, get out of here, dude. You're short. And then, like, I, I stood next to him. I'm like, oh, like, you actually are what you said you are. So dude, I feel like, I feel like, uh, everybody grew like two inches from the practices at the Blazers facility to when they stepped foot on the court at like the Moda center or whatever, wherever the Blazers play. <laughs> or did we shrink? I don't know. It's weird though. But also they're that age right now, right, Corey, where they just yeah. like sleep and they get taller. So maybe yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Let's uh, get into the actual breakdown of his game and not uh conspiracies about his height. Um, first thing, uh, that you know we would say uh, about him is that just an absolute blur in transition, right? Like that's where he really pops off at, um, as a, you know, if that that would be the first line that I would say, like his his straight line speed combined with some of the bounce, just really impressive. Like I think him and Bronny both had like crazy in that scrimmage um, at Lake Oswego. Like him and Bronny both had these crazy like transition dunks, uh, and like you said, the layup lines really really fast in a lot of ways and i think the you know the fact that he's shorter doesn't make it an apt one-to-one but you know and i think he might be a better shooter as well but in a lot of ways i think he could parallel like amen thompson at Mm. times um and and, and as far as like strengths and weaknesses go but yeah just really 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 fun in the open court he has another gear is what it is, Corey. Like some of these yeah. guys, they they're fast and they go at one speed. But watch Collier at the start where he's trying to collect the ball, and then he just goes into the next gear and he's flying and he's gone. And that's like, like we've talked about fast guys before. Compared them to like a Adrian Peterson back in the day for the Vikings. Shouts to Rucker. I hate you, um, but just kidding. <laughs> Dalvin, but, Cook. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, a New York Jet baby. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But the thing with uh, Collier, though, is he's got another gear, which is special because that is beneficial both uh, in transition, but also in half court settings as well. Right. With, you know, his shiftiness with what he can do with the ball in his hands. Sometimes he'll get going and then he'll get going after that. You know, so I'm with you, dude. He, He has a burst to him that is pretty special. Yeah, it's almost like when you're watching like Roadrunner, Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote. And Roadrunner gets going, but he's not actually moving. Like, and he just, he looks like his feet have like a wheel. And then all of a sudden it's just like zero to 60. Like that's that kind of like his feet get going, that extra gear that you're talking about. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, like that half court, like this is a really impressive pacing from him right here where, you know, he gets the ball up in the half court, gets a little screen and then whoop. Like mm, goodbye, just goodbye straight to the rim. And like, there are three guys who should be able to at least do something with them. Like right here, if I pause it, you know, you got the help side guy mm-hmm. with almost one foot in the paint at the opposite block. You got the guy in front of him, And then, you know, you had the guy who just got screened and it's like, you would think one of those three guys would be able to at least touch him. And he just clean look at the rim. And if they do touch him, you know, He's going to draw fouls. And that's something that he's really good at, right? He's he's really good at getting to the line. Not so good at uh, finishing once he gets to the line, yeah. which is, you know, big improvement area, but um, really good at pressuring the rim. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that's important. You know, that that's a super important thing because I think even with the lack of a shot, it's something that he's going to be able to do kind of whenever. 
No, but Corey, even in this clip, the thing that you were highlighting here that's so impressive is he's so fast that they can't even react to it properly, dude. No. He it looks like he's gonna kind of take a second, like right after he gets off the screen, it looks like he's gonna take a second to maybe read and then react, but it's just he's ready to go. Boom, goodbye. Left hand yeah. finish as well, which is something I want to talk about with him. I, I I thought he had a couple of nice left hand finishes where I was like, oh, good. Like, let's see more of that. Um, but I'm with you, man. Like this type of burst and speed getting into the lane is what you're looking for, right? When you're looking for little advantages all over the floor, the fact that he can get by before the defense can even react is spicy, man. That's a great take. Big time. And, uh, you know, immediately, I think that's something he's going to be really good at at the next level. And even, you know, in the, some of these scrimmages overseas, which I don't have clips of, uh, but you know, uh, scrimmaging mega. Yeah. And you can go watch the highlights on YouTube. He had a lot of really tough drives and finishes at the rim. So like, even against guys that are pros, Mm -hmm. he's still able to, you know, kind of get dribble penetration into the teeth of the defense at will, which is really important. So now let's talk about, kind of the other aspects of his his scoring arsenal some of the shot making or some of the 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 shooting and you know start kind of with the in-between game Mm -hmm. which i i think is there more Mm -hmm. so than some of the other stuff and and i think this is a a shot that he's going to have to really connect on and continue to work on because this is a shot that he tends to lean on a little bit more than like a floater. Corey, that, that's the one I wanted to ask you about because I was thinking like the in-between, the in-between game is where he's kind of lacking, dude. He doesn't really have much of a floater to write home about. He loves his mid-range pull-up. That's something I wrote down here in my notes. He loves a mid-range pull-up, but it needs refinement and tuning. My yep. concern is that he doesn't have, you know, one of these – uh, you know, these floaters to kind of take down the, the 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 towers, the trees, the giants, you know, like that's something I think he's got to continue to work on because having the speed and power to go through guys is great, but continuing to work on this part of the game, I think will take him to another level. I, I agree a hundred percent. This is like one of the, like, I mean, great Few. job, like splitting it. And then, yeah. so like he has the potential to do it by showing this because it doesn't look unnatural. Mm-hmm. But for me, like you said, he, he'd much rather get to the pull-up, which I think is, if he has both, that's really impressive, yes. where he tends to get to like more of a floater-type shot is when he's trying to draw contact. And like when he gets a step on somebody, he gets a little bit, he feels the physicality, and he's trying to maybe get the ref to blow the whistle and foul bait a little bit, like right here. He feels the physicality and it's, it's kind of like a runner floater situation. And that's kind of when he moves away from the mid range shot and gets into that, you know, this kind of shot type instead. And yeah, it's something that I think he's going to have to figure out. And and don't get me wrong. Like if he could feel the contact and you get that call great, but it's, that's when he tends to use that rather than mixing up when he goes to the floater versus the mid range jumper. And if he gets both, I think it's going to be devastating because teams are going to play him for his drives and he is going to need to counter that because teams are going to sag off him. Bigs are going to be waiting for him at the rim, especially at the college level when they're allowed to just sit in the paint um, and sit and help. And uh, you know, if he can get this counter, as you said, I think it's going to be something that really, really helps him uh, with his efficiency and just his effectiveness and, and 
you know, th- doing things that lead to winning. Corey, I think the point that you made is so important because although he's putting up shots like this, a lot of this is very junky, man. Like a lot of it is straight up, not really competitive shots, but more just to draw the foul, which I get like, that's also a huge part of modern basketball guys will do that. But I think if we're, hoping to project Collier as like an elite guard one day, I'd like to, I just like to see him continue to develop the floater and that in between, in between games. So I'm right there with you, man. And let's see if he, if he does that. Yeah. Because you know, these are high school clips. These guys are not, we're not even getting the, the development of that college year doing this preseason stuff. The fact that he has this room to grow is what makes it so enticing. He's not the, if he, if he already had this stuff, he would probably be the hands-down number one pick in this class. Yep. It's the fact that he still has all of these avenues to improve is what makes that potential, you know, so intriguing. Um, all right, let's talk about the shooting. Mm. Because there are flashes, mm. but there are also the more consistent non-flashes, <laughs> I would think. I, you know, I, I recall being at the Hoop Summit, trying yes. to get a video um, before tip off uh to post on socials of his jumper form and just going all right delete that video (laughs) you know just trying to get a make and it took a little bit because he's just an inconsistent shooter right now uh so you know this possession team's in a zone against him right so he's just gonna call for a little screen pull up air ball there's a lot to work on here for with the shot. Corey, I it's hilarious that you brought up that example because that's exactly what happened to me. I actually posted on my story um, him like taking a shot and missing. And one of my homies texting me is like, hell no, nah, you did not just tag him in a missed jumper. And I was like, dude, I was trying to get a good one of him making one, but he missed so many during warmups. It was hard. So I, look, Corey, I, I think the point that we're both trying to make is that I don't think he's a bad shooter. I, I think, like, especially if you see him in the mid-range, there's stuff to like there. It's just he's got to fine-tune it. And I think it's really important, and this is something that we say a lot on our pod, but we just kind of want to reiterate right now for if there are any new listeners or whatever. Uh, when we do these scouting reports, Corey and I, we're not making definitive statements about these guys. Um, these kids are 17, 18 years old. We fully understand that there is a long path of development for all of these guys. But for where Collier is right now as an outside shooter, it needs a lot of work. I, I think he's uh, similar to Hansberry in that when he's open, I think a lot of times it does look pretty damn good. It's, you know, when he gets contested, when he's shooting off the dribble, these are the areas where he's got to continue to fine tune. And it comes from um, straight up just him taking more shots right the more reps that he has the cleaner this is going to get and with college coaching there at U- usc I-, I think it there's a lot to like there it's just right now where he's at in his development is he's not a good shooter i, I wouldn't ca- classify him as a good shooter but i think he's got good tools to eventually become a good shooter and he can make the shots yes right and you know like look the free throw percentage bad Yes. You know, the shooting percentage bad, but he's not afraid to get to the line and he's not afraid to take these pull-ups. And if you remember when we were doing the preseason pod uh, for Amen Thompson last year, one of the things that we said was we want to just see him attempt more shots. We, we want to see him not be afraid to take these pull-ups when guys are sagging off, when guys are giving him space, shoot that thing. You know, when you get a drive and kick, let it fly without hesitation. And I think Amen 
did that a little bit more than he did in his first in his second OTE year than he did his o, his first OTE year, but he didn't do it enough that you go, all right, I could feel confident projecting him as a shooter going forward, other than the fact that he's a crazy hard worker and you buy into the work ethic. Isaiah Collier is not afraid to take these shots. And this is a this is pretty nice right here uh, at the EYBL. Nice combo move, right? You know, tough, like smooth. This looks like it's been repped out and fleshed out and worked on with a trainer. One-on-one ISO between the legs, step, bang. So uh, he shoots it from deep. And I just, the fact that he's a willing shooter means that he's willing to fail. And, you know, I don't want him to settle too much. I definitely don't want him to settle too much. But I also want him to feel confident in taking these shots because this is how he goes from like being like a bet worthy guard to like a potential like all star bet. No, Corey. Yes. (laughs) Yes to all the above, man. I I think with him, I look everyone. If you listen to our pod regularly, you know that I was not an Ahmed Thompson guy at all last season, a guy that I you know, pretty consistently had pretty low on my board compared to the general consensus. But the main reason why is what you just brought up, Corey. When we looked at film of year one of OTE for Amen Thompson, it, it looked like he was scared, man. There were a lot of times that he just refused to put up shots, and that was the biggest concern for me, right? The the unwillingness to take the shots. Collier doesn't have that problem. He's not shy. You know, with Collier, he's a guy that wants to put shots up. He wants to kind of be aggressive and kind of put, you know, his stamp on the game. And that's the type of stuff that gets you excited because, once again, I I think there are good tools and a good foundation where, you know, with more fine-tuning, the shot will be good. But the thing is, if he's willing to take them, then that process of him getting better gets expedited, right? Because he's not afraid to take the shots in-game against real competition. That's the type of stuff where you get real growth. So, I'm with you, man. I, I just like the mentality that Collier plays with. Now, in in breaking down like the mechanics of of it, um, one, I, he's like a strong dude, which we've mm-hmm. touched on. It feels like a lot of times guys who have that extra muscle and build struggle with touch. Mm-hmm. And I think he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes he's got like a slight elbow flare that kind of makes his shooting a little bit inconsistent. And then he kind of shoots it instead of like, you know how clay will like square up straight up, like almost to the side of his head. Like if you go through the beef acronym, like you learn as a kid, like Mm -hmm. perfect. Like he kind of goes in front of his face a little bit, but it isn't that like one motion shooting form that somebody's got. So I don't know. It just, it leads to some inconsistencies. Um, I think the, the footwork is okay. Sometimes, you know, he's not um, in sync with the the top and bottom of -hmm. his body, but Mm -hmm. it's not completely broken. I think it's fixable, but I think that his lack of touch is something that's going to always hinder him from being like a plus-plus shooter. You know, even like a guy like Davion Mitchell, who had a really good, you know, shooting percent in his last college year and has, you know, just been at best mediocre, you know, at his best in, in the NBA as a shooter. Um, you could tell like the strength kind of hampers him at times. So I think it's something he's always going to struggle with, but Hey, as if, if he can knock some of them down, you know, enough that you, you really do have to play up on him. 
I think that's all he needs to to get to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, Corey. And also you, you see like some of the touch issues with what we talked about before, right? Like on the floaters and the in-between stuff. It, yeah. it is something that he's got to correct. It, it's It kind of permeates through all of his shooting. So that's something he's got to work on. But thankfully for Collier, and I think you're going to transition here, um, I, I, I like the fact that, you know, scoring isn't the only aspect of his game. You know, mm-hmm. he's got some passing feel and playmaking to him. A hundred percent. And some really, really like impressive playmaking yeah. chops too. Um, you know, I don't think we got to see that a lot in person at the hoop summit, just based on like the style of, of play, but this is a dime man coming off the ball screen. Uh, you know, like, look, I don't think he's got that like LaMelo ball type feel the Josh Giddy, the Steve Nash, Jason kid, where he's like manipulating the defense entirely, but he does have a little bit of it. And he's got a lot of really good improvisational skills. Um, and he throws some bullets. Some Stefan Marbury in him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. I, a very good comp, <laughs> right? There's, yeah. uh, there's a lot of Stefan Marbury, a lot of Starberry mm-hmm. in Isaiah Collier. Make of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Beijing Ducks. Uh. Hey, can't argue with 20 and 8 every year. <laughs> Hey, exactly, Corey. Like, it, it it's not a slight against um, Collier at all. Like, the type of athleticism, the physicality, some of the passing stuff we're seeing here, 20 and 8 is good, dude. It's good. So, mm-hmm. could be a comp. That, that that could definitely be a comp. But, yeah, that was a, this is a really slick read um, off the ball screen. Switch, two go to the ball, late rotation. Bullet. Now, this next clip. Wheeler's got to go in a hurry. They're down nine. There's a minute left. Hit ahead. Get it back. Little set play. But mm. still, the the fact that they're able to execute that that quickly and he's able to quarterback it and, and nail the pass, nail the passing location, the timing of it, the spot. He threw it to the spot, dude. Threw it to the spot. Trusted his man to get to the corner. Um, just an absolute dime, like quarterback shit. One-handed jump pass in the air, and it's a big shot to get his team within six with a minute to go. Um, you know, if if he doesn't make this pass, you know the way he makes it, you know maybe the defender is able to close out in time. It's a really impressive, impressive read, even if it is you know something that is you know looks like a more of like a drawn-up set. But Corey, the thing that's so impressive about this pass is that like we get impressed with weak side hits, but this is one where he's in the air, throws it one handed, and he doesn't doesn't throw it to the man. He throws it to the spot, bro. Mm-hmm. He threw him open with that yeah. pass. That is freaking so hard to do. And as you mentioned, in a high leverage situation, drawn up play, even if it is drawn up, the fact that he's throwing it to a spot like that and getting his man open just because of the location of where he threw the ball, that is nasty, dude. Yeah, Great job by everybody on the team there executing the screeners. The timing is right. And look, he, he puts on the jets to get open, like in the open court, throws it ahead. It's a really, really, really fun read there. Um, but he's got some of the, you know, the more nuance, kind of slow down, half court, come off the screen, mm. just throw it up. Nice and soft. You know, it doesn't have to be these bullets. He's He's got a little bit of touch to him, too. 
Corey, I think I'm gonna lock this down, dude. I think I'm gonna put him down as Stefan Marbury as his NBA comp, dude. <laughs> I, I, the more we watch it, the more I'm feeling it. Um, but you're right, dude. The thing, and and you know what, Corey, you know, we didn't see a lot of it at Hoop Summit, but we did see some of it. And I think what we didn't see were the highlight plays, but plays like this, right? Little pocket yeah. pass, little alley oop, a little, you know, pick and roll, him manipulating things with the dribble, and then dropping off nice little, nothing too complicated, too crazy, but the reads were there the touch was there this is the type of stuff that i did think we saw at hoop summit which gets you excited because he's got some of the highlight worthy stuff but also you know you can run the offense through him as well because he's gonna make like nice little tidy passes like this that maybe don't put you on you know espn top 10 every single night but keeps the offense moving keeps the motion going keeps bodies moving plays moving and uh gets you some simple offense as well so i'm right there with you man i think he's got some real passing chops to him the other thing is too like um you know he's probably got a little bit more chemistry with guys that he's played with sure you know a bunch like at hoop summit you're building chemistry with a a new batch of guys then you know i was talking to an nba executive and you know i was talking about like because you know team usa wasn't always so locked in at the practices (laughs) and uh (laughs) you know they're like he was like look you know they've been bouncing around from mcdonald's to this to that you know they're just kind of pacing themselves. And so we didn't see the full gamut of what all of these guys have either in those settings, but really, really impressive stuff. And then uh, after we watch this alley-oop pick and roll lob one more time, let's hit it with the last clip uh, of the show. And he's got the improvisational stuff too, where he uses that ability to get into the teeth of the defense to drop it off. I mean, this is some serious stuff and it's very Stefan Marbury esque in the way he's using that speed, that Mm. strength to get into the paint and that vision with the no look sweet little drop pass. That's this, that might be the best comp that we've had for for a player. (laughs) Dude. I I know sometimes my nineties comps are not the best, but I, yeah, I think we hit, hit the, nail on the head with this one but Corey, i'm with you dude like the thing that is so impressive with him is like his speed him going that extra 0.5 speed really makes it hard for defenses to react like unless we're talking about like elite defenders like the all the defenders on this play look absolutely lost man like they they don't even know where he's at like once they get past it once he gets past them it's pretty impressive stuff and as you mentioned that's a really great pass so he he's a lot of fun dude that burst is silly man it's crazy next gear yeah on, dude because it's not even the first step burst it's the second step burst right like beats his man off the first step and then here that defender comes tries getting up to the level see ya mm-hmm. and it's the change of direction that running back really impressive stuff hit that hole boy he hits the hole man he hits the hole this dude would have been a a problem on the football field for for sure sure, dude running back for sure nasty no he's at usc maybe he can get on your flag team (laughs) oh oh, i'd love that i'd love that (laughs) all right uh that's gonna do it for uh the trio of the day that was isaiah collier from USC, Amani Hansberry, incoming freshman to Illinois, and then Riley Kugel returning to the Florida Gators. Um, all guys that I think are going to have really fun years to monitor. Uh, and I'm glad that 
you know, we continue to cover just a bunch of dudes that, you know, that look, the draft, maybe not super enticing from a superstar upside perspective, but a lot of really fun guys. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm t- Corey us doing these, like these trios, I think is one of the smartest things we've done. This is awesome, dude. Just kind of putting us in a good place in preseason. Um, but yeah, before we go, you guys can find me um, at Alberto Gim on Twitter at GTG NBA on Instagram. I wanted to give a special shout out to my guy, Clyde Suh, who listens to all of our pods is a huge fan. A guy I got to coach recently in the tournament, um, really good player. I think he played D2 before uh, was nasty uh really cool to see korean ballers out there just being so damn good at basketball let's go to give him a special shout out shout out to uh to the whole squad (laughs) (laughs) to all of korea All right. Uh, you can find me at Corey Tullaba on Twitter. Uh, you can find the crew at No Ceilings NBA. Um, I think I'm going to have myself a writing day tomorrow oh. for the site. I'm gonna fin- I've been working on a piece. I think I'm going to have a good amount of time tomorrow to uh, to bang out and, and finish the rest of it. So hopefully by next week, I got a, a written piece for NoCeilingsNBA.com. If you're watching this, make sure that you hit that like button right down there right down there somewhere uh, and then hit the subscribe button while you're there. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure that you subscribe rate and review five stars would be dope, but you know, honesty is the best policy. So, you know, whatever your heart desires, but five stars, you know, five, five, five. stars. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week with another group of three guys until that time. Y'all appreciate you rocking with us. We out. Peace. Peace.